0: just believe that the lord wants to stir some really deep realities of his love in our lives today so we're going to look at a couple of things maybe from a little unique perspective Um, before we get into kind of the table of the lord normally i'm not uh, doing announcement type conversation because we just try to really keep this as a focus of just the ministry element out of worship into the word There are a couple of really important announcements that I need to share with you and uh, some good news announcements. So why don't you just take a moment, be seated. The first first thing that we want to share is um, in this season that God has called us into as a church family, um, we're going to be inducting a new couple into our eldership structure. And so today, I want to present their names to you. And then the last Sunday of this month, all of our elders, we're going to take some time, literally, to do this um, according to Scripture, fast and pray, and spend time just seeking God, so that when we commission them into their role as elders, uh, mother and father overseer in the church, um, that we're doing that with a belief uh, of impartation from heaven into their hearts and into all of our hearts as a church family. So just want to introduce you to Dave and Lauren Fulford, would you, would you stand, Dave and Lauren Fulford? We love you guys, appreciate you so much. And I know uh, most of you in the room are going to know Dave and Lauren because they love with all their hearts. Uh, they serve with incredible tenacity in every direction and they give so sacrificially uh, in every way and that's really what elders in a work um, should be doing is modeling what we want everybody as a church family to rise up and begin to do just as believers and so i want to honor you guys and thank you for many years of faithful service here and we'll explain more of what that's all about in the last sunday of the month but today i wanted to present their names to you and um, we just invite that celebration to continue you can encourage them on this journey because uh, we're going to put them to work on a whole other level now. So uh, And then with that, we also want to celebrate. Um, you know, if you were here, we're we're asking people to try and make it right on time because in in the beginning of our two services on Sunday, uh, when we gather at nine thirty and eleven thirty, we do we, we start by sharing some um, story testimony of what God's doing. and it, and this morning was great. Uh, if you were here at 11:30 uh, is when we started, then you heard Dana and Austin up here sharing a little bit of what's going on in terms of um, care portal and how we're interfacing with some of the families, the DHS, connecting them not only with our congregation but other congregations, our community groups, and helping just to make a difference uh, in a practical way. And they shared one of those stories. It's kind of a new season for their family, and we're celebrating with them um, with. Dana's transition of career she felt like the Lord was asking her to to move into another field of 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 her vocation which actually winds up being ministry with 111 project as a regional manager working with care portal uh, overseeing a district area and partnering in that process again interfacing online which very much aligns with her new position as a part of the staff here at Destiny which is now a part of this process and that is our online director so i'm going to ask if dana austin if you guys would come right down here we want to just stretch our hands toward you and why don't you give it up come on uh just great for excited about what what god is doing you know dana uh, went into our discovering destiny today between the services and she's observing what that looks like and how we can tie that in for our online family Uh, because we've got people now all over the world that are tying in with us online and so she's going to be working hard to develop teams and help establish that and uh, Austin is uh, incredible support just in all that God's called her to do but her, him as well and they're just an amazing team and we love you guys and just speak a blessing so just stretch your hands toward this couple that awkwardly stands here in front of you looking at you wondering when I'm going to stop talking right now Father, we just thank you for what you're doing um, in Austin and in Dana, and Lord, you saw this moment, the first day they arrived on this campus before this building was ever built, and you were purposing to knit our hearts together through ministry travel, through a variety of different ways that we built and deepened relationship. And I thank you, Lord, you're a God of relationship, and we just commissioned them to this new assignment to be more effective than ever at seeing your kingdom expand. Bless them greatly. their them and their house and their legacy Lord in Jesus mighty name amen God bless you guys love you very much they're a great story Um, you know Dana didn't grow up with a church family so we're the beginning of that uh, with her which is always an amazing you know story in and of itself Uh, but they've come now and uh, been very involved serving have um, fostered and adopted and uh, just served in an amazing way. I, I shared this in the first service. I want to make sure you get the privilege of hearing it as well. But it was an interesting way that they arrived at our church. Um, they showed up one morning, having been invited to join friends of theirs in a church service. But they got here, coming to the wrong church. They they were actually supposed to be at a different church, and they didn't know. They thought this was where they were supposed to be. They came in. They were greeted, loved, embraced. Uh, it was felt like family. They later described, and then they realized they were at the wrong place. So they went to the right church, and it felt not like family. Uh, they f- it felt cold, felt like they came to a family reunion where they, weren't not, they were not a part of the family. Um, and so I may have ever been in that scenario before. And so uh, they realized when they were there that they actually had gone to the wrong church, which was actually the right church, the first church they came to. So they came back to the wrong church, which was now the right church, and now here they are on staff serving with us. So praise God, they're helping us make the right church for everybody who wants to know Jesus. That's really what this is all about. It's about relationship. Isn't that what it's about? It's about relationship. It's a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And uh, man, the world would be a better place if everybody could know Jesus. How many of you agree? And um, just celebrating some of what God is doing in that regard. And He can reach any heart. And with that, kind of the third thing I want to share before we break into the word. Um, So last week, you know. Uh, you probably are all aware, I assume you all were here, because I know everybody goes to church every single week, right? Uh, but we were burglarized last weekend, and so we showed up on Sunday, and computers and iPads and, and instruments were all you know, taken over the course of that weekend. And we didn't know it until Sunday morning, or a little after 8. And uh, I just want to say hats off to the tech team. The studio room behind that wall, everybody pulled laptops from other people and just made it all work and put all the pieces together. And about 9.29, I think they had it all ready to broadcast 9.30 service. We didn't even miss a beat. So first and foremost, come on, let's say thanks to our tech team that worked so hard. Everybody who made that happen, worship. All of that was great. So appreciate everybody working so hard as a family. Um, and I just want to reiterate to you that we wish nobody ill will, even somebody who robs from us or burglarizes. You know, the Bible actually says to pray for those who mistreat you. And so that's what we've been doing this week, just asking the Lord to reach into the heart of that person or those individuals, and um, and that really is our, our desire. And just an update on the scenario, we have assessed a value of about $15,000 worth of um, stuff gone. And after looking at the uh, value of that which was taken our uh, what we would need to pay in terms of you know a deductible it just doesn't make sense to make a claim because then you have rising premiums so I'm saying all that just to say um, number one I want to encourage you that we would continue to be a financially strong church family in this community by way of our Bringing our tithes and offerings before the Lord. How many know this is just a bump in the road? That's not a problem at all. We just keep moving forward, and God's going to bless us. Uh, We just know that. That's just the way God operates and we're going to continue to be generous. Um, We had already determined that we were going to buy 1,600 masks to provide for the public school system in the Middale School District with their coming back to school and all the things that they're contending with and teachers then being required to wear the mask and so forth. We're going to do that just because that's part of who God's called us to be in our uh, community and express kindness to him. So thank you for your giving that makes all that possible. If you want to assist with any of that loss then you can do that as well and again we're just not going to file the insurance or we're just going to move forward and trust God uh, to take care of business. How many you know God will take care of business? Every one of our lives he's going to take care of us and so we're so thankful for that. So um, I want us just to what I want to talk about today it's a little bit tricky and it's going to require us to have a little bit of a sense of discernment to navigate through this. There's somebody in the room who has actually sinned less than anybody else in the whole room. How many of you say, that is not me? Raise your hand. (laughs) That is not me. Uh, And then there's somebody in the room perhaps or online and you've sinned more, like in terms of behavior and actions of sin, more than anybody else. And it gets very convoluted very fast when we think in the terms that I am uh, sharing with you. And I want to dispel a lie of the enemy as we think in those terms, and you're not gonna think in those terms when we walk out of this room. So Lord, um, we stand before the Lord our God, the righteous one, the only righteous one. And We know that without you, we are all completely, totally unrighteous because of the fall of Adam and Eve. And I ask that you would give us an understanding today of the amazing grace of God, that you would help us to be still and know that you are God. Psalms 46, 10. We would cease striving as if there was something we had to prove and just simply know that you are God. Invade our thoughts, Lord, revise our theology so that we might truly understand the love of jesus and where that leaves us in our lives in jesus mighty name amen you know we've had some really cool stories lately just of amazing um, prophecies and fulfillment and words of knowledge and um, you know a picture that we showed and like a, a zoom call with people in different countries and and two people in a different country in different places on that zoom call uh, one getting a vision and starting to draw a picture while they're on the meeting just drawing a picture of the vision that they had seen and then another person on the call uh, five minutes later describing to a T the vision the person had drawn and the person is like wait look at this picture that I just finished drawing and it was the crowns on the head of the people on the street. I mean, it was so precise. I mean, it's just inspiring. How many of you know there is a God, and that's why we're here? Now, there is religion, but there is a God, and that's why we're here. And so religion isn't really going to help you much. Uh, what you really need is a relationship with the Heavenly Father who sent His Son Jesus to model a lifestyle of power and send His Spirit then to empower us to live a life. 1 John 2, 6, anyone who claims to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. You really are designed by God to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Like You are designed by God to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That really is God's plan for your life. And so we hear these stories and it's like, wow, that's a great story, that's amazing that God would speak like that. But so many times a story like that might inspire us, but then leave us personally feeling somewhat disqualified. Like, yeah, I know God speaks, but I'm not sure I'm qualified to actually hear the Lord like that. And I just, I really felt the Lord was saying that today is a day He wants to address self disqualification in a way that causes everybody in this room to accelerate into a deeper place of recognizing the prophetic waters of the Lord are actually a normal way of life. We are a prophetic company. When you think about who we are as God's sons and daughters in the earth, we are a prophetic company of the Lord. So. Understand this, it's it's why we want to step into this season of really recognizing the outrageous grace of God. It is, when you think of the grace of God, like it is outrageous how gracious God really is. Do you know how much he loves you? Like We'll talk about this in weeks ahead, but Jesus said to the Father, as you've loved me, so I've loved them. How many of you know that Jesus loves us the way the Father loves Jesus? In other words, God loves you the way God loves God. And so that that 's pretty intense. how many know the father's love for Jesus is intense that 's god 's love for us, and that 's why it helps us to understand when we think in those terms that you know so many times we we try and discover our value and our significance but God doesn't love us because we 're valuable we don 't have to perform anything to attract his love for us he doesn 't love us because we 're valuable we 're actually valuable because he loves us that 's where our value comes from in understanding his love and if the enemy can talk you out of his love by showing you your mistakes, then he can cause you to feel less valued and you then by default will start to self-disqualify and you won't experience everything God's desiring for you to experience. Therefore, you won't express everything God desires for you to express because experiencing God actually produces the authentic expression of God in the earth. You, therefore, are God's expression in the earth for people to see his love and his life. Do you understand Like religion requires expression without helping you have the experience. We want you to have the experience. We want you to translate God's presence into a real life expression as your way of life. Normal, authentic humanity that has embraced uh, who God really is. But the problem is like whenever God shows up and he says, um, you know, hey, I want to, you know, Dave and Laura, and I, God shows up and stands before the full first and he says, I want to use you in this next season. We're going to take you into the next season of the call of God on your life. What is it that you think of when God calls you to another level of your life? How many of you in here, uh, you, you don't just think, well, finally, Lord, you finally figured it out that I'm awesome and you have figured out that you're ready for me to do something great? How many of you don't think that way? Just raise your hand, you don't think that way. How many of you think the other way? It's like, who, me? Now I want you to think about this throughout scripture because we see, because that's exactly the way uh, we all tend to function and think, but actually all throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New, that's exactly what happened when people answered the call of God in their lives. Uh, Abraham, you know, we've heard and talked about this before, but Abraham, what did he say? I'm too old. Not only I too old, but my wife's too old. Some of you in this room might feel like you're too old to be used by God. That's not true. Mary, what did she say? She didn't say, I'm too old. She said, I'm too young. Some people might feel like they're too young to be used by God. That's not true. I mean, when we see this throughout Scripture, Moses, he said, "Uh, No, you can't use me, Lord. I'm not a public speaker. Some of you in the room feel like I'm nervous when I speak. I can't be used by God. Well, that was Moses' excuse. You understand, God used all these people in amazing, powerful, and wonderful ways. And they all, in the very beginning, said, I don't think I can be used by God. I've got these problems, I've got these issues. Joseph, he was abused, forgotten, lied about. In fact, his own leadership in a place of the prison, he gave them a word, they rose out of prison, and then they neglected and forgot him. Anyone ever feel neglected and forgotten by leadership in your life? I mean, just be honest. Like, there are all these reasons that we start to kind of formulate in our minds why God can't use us. Leah, you know, when you look at Rachel and Leah and the whole situation, which is crazy, but Leah, she felt unloved and unattractive. And she felt like, you know, I could never be used because I'm unloved and I'm unattractive. I mean, I I don't know if you realize it, but there are three people in the Bible who were used mightily by God who grew so depressed that they became suicidal. Did you hear what I just said? Like, you might be disqualifying yourself, but God's not disqualifying you. Moses, Elijah, and Jonah, all three came to a place of saying, that's it, it's over. Just take my life. If this is the way it's going to be, just I want to go on. Anyone ever been there before? I mean, I love the Bible because it shows all the dirty laundry of all these people throughout the course of time that helped me feel like, you know what, if God can use people in the midst of their mess, maybe he can use me. Anybody, anybody thankful for that? Now, what you've got to understand is once you come to that resolve, realize, then as long as you're covering up your mess, you're confusing other people too. So we've got to learn to be vulnerable about, about our, our weaknesses and, and even our deficiencies and understand that God uses people. That are just a complete and total mess sometimes my name is Lawrence Neeson I'm your pastor and I'm the perfect example of exactly what I'm talking to you about I'm a mess (laughs) my my wife would amen loudly right now but she knows that that's not appropriate to do (laughs) thank you sweetie she's and in her heart Peter was hot tempered anybody here have a temper Martha was a worrier anybody here worry Thomas, well, I mean, I doubt he had any problems at all, Thomas. I mean, you look at all these people, it's like, wow, they're unqualified. I just want, anybody here feel unqualified? Just say amen. Amen. I want to just say this to you, and I want to say it loud and clear, and I want you to hear it with very intentional volume in my voice. You are unqualified on purpose, And When you stop embracing the reality of being unqualified, you have stepped into the original sin of perfectionism that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden pursuing. Nobody's asking you to be perfect. God didn't call you because you're perfect. If you felt like you were perfect, then you're no longer qualified to be called. But because you understand you're unqualified, that's what qualifies you. The scripture puts it this way. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. I want you to hear how many times in just these two verses we hear about weakness. Your weakness is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing in the kingdom of God because you give it to him and it helps you be in touch with your need for him. Listen to this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in, say it. I just want to start all over because that is so good. My grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. Are you hearing the Bible, what the Bible has to say about your self-disqualification? I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties." What? Why? Because when I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm dealing with a problem, then I'm pressing in. Anybody have a really strong prayer life when you're dealing with problems in your world? Anybody? Anybody have a tendency not to be a a, a true prayer warrior when things seem to be going well? I mean, do you understand what I'm talking about here? It's actually in our place of pain that we press in and discover great purpose. It's in our place of weakness that we embrace the grace of God and the power of God that is demonstrated and revealed in our lives. And then everybody around us, they might come to some resolve like this. Are you kidding? God can use you? How can God use you? If God can use you, maybe there's hope for me. This is the gospel. This is understanding that Jesus is the... Messiah. He's the Messiah. How many of you, your life is a mess? You ever found yourself, your life is just a total mess? He's the Messiah. And he takes the mess and turns it into a message because he's the Messiah. You're not, your life's not too messy for God. So to go deeper with God, you have to understand that your weakness is not what keeps you from the purposes of God, but your weakness is what drives you to a deeper reliance upon Him. It's really a beautiful expression of the gospel, isn't it, Brother Young? I've been reading this book, *The Heavenly Man*. I've just recently finished it, but it's a great book. And he said, "It is not the great who changed the world; it is the weak." who are in the hands of a great God. It's not the great who changed the world. It's the weak who are in the hands of a great God. In fact, when you are in touch with your weakness, you are more aware of your need to embrace him. So when you say to God, I don't know, you're asking me to do this, I'm not sure I can. He's saying, that's exactly why I'm calling you. You're unqualified on purpose so that you'll rely on me. Luke chapter seven is this interesting portion of scripture. I mean, it is so curious. When I read this, it kind of blew me away uh, when I was early on in my faith as a Christian. And, and it says, we'll kind of walk through this story, but it says, two men owed money uh, to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay uh, to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Anybody have an answer? The one who had the greatest debt or the one that had the smallest debt? And Simon answered, and he said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus said, that's right. You judge correctly. So what I read in this, and I want to be careful with this because it can lead to erroneous theology. But what I read in this is that people who've been really bad, who get really forgiven, really love and know the love of God. So what I want you to to understand, because the problem with this is, and I'm gonna butcher grammar to make this point, okay? Uh, Gooder people tend to feel better than badder people. And the gooder you've been, the better you feel, especially around badder people. But that's an issue because everybody stands at the foot of the cross the same. And the gooder you are, the less in touch you tend to be with just how bad you really are. Because like you're totally sinful without Christ. See, sin... The state of sin that you and I are in has nothing to do with behavior. It has everything to do with position. Adam and Eve sinned. And because Adam and Eve sinned, it created a discrepancy or a distancing that happened between God and humanity. That distance existed until Jesus came and only Jesus bridged the gap between humanity and deity so that we then could come into a relationship with our Heavenly Father the way He originally intended for us to be. be with me? And so when that that when that distance exists it doesn't really matter how good or bad you are. Really good people still desperately need Jesus 100%. Really bad people need Jesus just as bad as really good people because when you're separated from God, you're separated from God. And this is what the Bible says about the issue of sin in all of our lives, James 2:10. Whoever keeps the whole law, but they stumble in just one point, like this is the best type of person you can imagine. Whoever keeps the whole law, but they stumble in just one point, they're guilty of all of the law. Like, you are either completely innocent or you are completely guilty. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care what mistakes you've made. If you accept Jesus Christ, the outrageous grace of God suddenly positions you in complete and total favor with God Almighty. So stop disqualifying yourself. Recognize you're unqualified on purpose so that you lean into him and you rely on the blood of Jesus. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, religious people hate this message because they've worked so hard to be good all of their lives. And they're hearing this message and they're like, yeah, well, that's great for all the bad people, but I'm a good people. You ever you remember the prodigal son? And it was the good son who stayed that was mad about the prodigal son that left squandered his inheritance and came back. The bad son represents the desperate person who needs Jesus and the good son who stayed represents the religious community that the bad son has a hard time finding entrance into because the the good son is saying, I was faithful, look what I've done, look how I've lived. And the bad son comes in, he says, I know I'm not worthy at all, but the father steps up and he says, no, kill the fatted calf, we're going to celebrate. My son has come home, I am ready to redeem my child. Come on, this is the faithfulness of God. And when you don't realize that you are completely guilty without Him, then you start to measure yourself by each other. And the Bible says, He who compares himself with others is not wise. There's only one standard you and I should compare ourselves with. What's His name? Jesus. See, there are not varsity Christians and junior varsity Christians. Like, I mean, we've announced some people being placed into eldership. Surely they're varsity Christians, and then others are we're JV because you know we we're not invited into that level of leadership, right? No, there's only one varsity. His name's Jesus. Everybody else is JV. (laughs) We're all JV. We're all in desperate need of the love and the life of Jesus Christ. That's what takes us into the throne room of God. And let me say, we walk in boldly, confidently, no matter what we've done. We walk in boldly, confidently because of what he has done. That's what positions us to be able to stand in the presence of God Almighty. And the more you're in touch with the reality of, of how much you need him, the more you're willing to allow him in. You know, Tracy had an issue with her car. And um, she, she said, you know, my car's making this funny noise. And so I listened to the car and I said what any good husband would say, you're crazy, there's no sound, I don't hear anything. (laughs) And she said, no, no, it, it really is making a sound. And then like we were driving down the road sometime later and it started making the sound. What I realized, it was an intermittent sound. It wasn't steady constant all the time, it was intermittent. And I heard it. And I said, well, I better take it into the shop and get it looked at because it's making a sound. Like I always said, the car's making a sound. Like I've been trying to tell you this whole time, the car's making a sound. So I go into the mechanic, and now I'm the expert to the mechanic, and I pull the car in, and I say, yeah, the car's making a sound. And so we, we start the car, and the mechanic listens to the car, and the intermittent sound is not happening in front of the mechanic. Has this ever happened to anybody? And then I drive off the car lot, and, uh, and I mean, I hadn't been gone two minutes, and what happened? All of a sudden, it starts making the sound. And so I'm irritated, you know, I'm just like, oh. So I make another appointment, I go in, and, and it's actually making the sound when I'm pulling in, and then uh, the guy comes out, and it stops making the sound again. And he's like, I don't hear anything. I can't fix something if I don't know what's wrong. So all right. I, I start to wheel off the parking lot, and it starts making the sound. So I pull back around, I say, hey, 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 come here, listen, 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 And, and he's standing there and he goes, oh, I hear it, I, I think I know what that is. And when, when he heard the problem, what do you think my response was? Yeah. Hallelujah. It wasn't hallelujah because I had a problem. It was the hallelujah because it was in the presence of the one who could fix it. Yes. And what we do is we come to church And We act like we don't have a problem, and that's got to be so frustrating for all of heaven when the reality is we need to gather together in the presence of the one who can repair every problem and be honest about the problems that we have because we're confusing everybody around us when we're not honest about the problems that we have. And That's where the Bible says, confess your faults, your problems, one to another, pray for each other, and you will be healed. You're unqualified on purpose. God's not asking you to fix yourself, clean yourself up, take care of yourself. He's asking you to come to his throne room of grace where your weakness is then addressed effectively by the blood of Jesus and the love of Christ. Jesus alone moves us from the grip of guilt to the grip of grace. Shame should have no place in your life. You are in the presence of the one who can repair any issue that you have going on in your life. i want to ask for an honest response. How many of you have an issue going on in your life and you need a little bit of repair from the one who can fix it? Just hold them up there high. I want you to look around the room. You're in good company. This is not a place where we ask you to be perfect. In fact, if you start acting perfect, we'll probably get on to you because you'll confuse all of us is a place where we learn consecration. Listen, consecration is a relational lifestyle where we learn what it is to surrender our lives more and more to Him. We grow beyond those issues that exist within our lives by being honest about them, and then we get healed. Would you just stand? Lord, we just admitted there are a whole lot of problems in this room. I venture to say there are a whole lot of problems online. in the presence of the one who can fix every single problem. If we'll stop pretending, stop covering, stop masking. Pride has this clever disguise. And I pray, Lord, you would peel back those layers. Help us to press in to the deeper purposes of God, the greater reality of eternity. Cause us not to play all these temporal games that become distractions to the call of God. Our lives Jesus come on right here in the presence of the one who can repair us on the deepest level would you just surrender your heart to him maybe maybe some of you hearing this message you've not surrendered your life to Christ before you've never really come to the foot of the cross and said, Lord Jesus, I surrender everything that I am. You're the Savior. I need you. Redeem me. Restore me. Maybe that's you. This might be that moment for you. Maybe you're just here saying, you know what? I'm tired of courting this same issue that has seemingly held on to my life for years. Why not allow today to be the day that we move into a greater grip of God's grace, moving us beyond that place of weakness where His power, Is revealed in the greatest way in that moment of our complete and total surrender. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Forgive us, Lord, where we've focused more on motivational messages not made room to allow the Spirit of God to do the deep work within us that only the Spirit of God can do. So we surrender now. Holy Spirit, come. Reach deep within our hearts, deep within our minds, deep within our emotions, deep within our spirit. Redeem us, restore us, replenish us. Rewire the circuitry of our minds. And expressing the very mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Help us. Learn. If this is your prayer, declare amen. I'm gonna, I want to pray this and declare this, and I want you to amen it if this is your prayer. Every phrase that I say, first we want to just say, Jesus is Lord. Just declare amen. Jesus came, he lived, and he died, but he's alive. He rose from the grave, and he's in the room right now. And by his spirit, we are the sons and daughters of God responding to our heavenly Father. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Hmm. You know, it's a beautiful portion of Scripture that we read in 2 Corinthians 12. The grace of God, the weakness of man. And I want to encourage you, you know, each week I want to just commission you out with an action point. Faith without action is dead. So we bring God's presence to real life by actionably expressing that which we've sensed of the Lord. So your action point this week is to rehearse that portion of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 12. It's on the blog, it's on the app, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Every day, every day rehearse that, just giving thanks for a deeper reliance upon God's grace. How many of you will actually do what I'm asking? Like, you'll accept this as a commission for the week. Every day, focus in. I I hope when we come to this point and we commission an action point that that it's not just something, you know, another part of what we hear. But we really do embrace and walk this out together as a family. I believe there's something to be released in all of us as we walk this sort of thing out. So I want to encourage you in that. To rehearse that every day and just give thanks to God for a greater reliance as you're more in touch with the weakness that exists within life you know we've got a prayer team every week that's available as we step into a time of worship and they're going to be available right outside those doors in the lobby there's a table there just to give room for social distancing and they're willing to wear a mask if anybody would prefer that when they're praying you know our our goal is just to love people well and accommodate any way that we can but as we step in and we begin to worship, that team is going to be available. If you made a decision to serve the Lord today, it's a great place for you just to step back there and just say, "Look, today I'm making a decision to serve the Lord." Whether it's the first time you made that decision or you're coming into a place of just going deeper, but let us pray with you and stand with you in that regard. We just sing the first uh, line of the song you're going to sing. About what we're singing as we press in and sing the song. Part of our congregational assignment is to conclude by translating what God's stirring in our hearts into a place of worship. So we want to take about 10, maybe 15 minutes of just pressing in and worship. Allowing God to do a continued, deeper work in every one of our hearts as we worship. Come on, let's press in.